Chief Justice. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court. Our opinion next turns to the problem of what the judicial role should be. We're stranded here in Thailand. We're having problems, you know, with our jobs and, and financially, and we've done nothing wrong here. This is Life of the Law. I'm Nancy Mullane. The law isn't actually written in stone. It morphs and changes with the times. What happens when laws change all of a sudden and people find themselves in legal limbo in a foreign country? Couples who want babies but can't have them naturally often turn to a surrogate mother. And in some countries, surrogacy is big business. In Thailand, for years, surrogacy was commonplace. But in a legal split second, the government banned surrogacy for foreigners. Michael Sullivan brings us this story about the law, two men, a surrogate birth mother, and a baby. This is baby Carmen's dad. My name is Manuel Santos, and I'm from Valencia, Spain. This is baby Carmen's other dad, Bud, from New Jersey. Why Bud? Because his real name is... <laughs> Gordon Allen Lake III, proudly from Mount Holly, New Jersey. And this is Manuel with six-month-old Carmen, their daughter. We're sitting in the tiny living room of their temp apartment in Bangkok, Carmen nursing from a bottle while nestled in the crook of Manuel's arm. Bud and Manuel's two-year-old son, Alvaro, born through surrogacy in India, does his best to create chaos as we talk. Can I come here to a box? It's a sweet picture, except no one but Alvaro looks happy. Here's why six-month-old Carmen, Bud's biological daughter, can't leave Thailand. She doesn't have a passport. And that's because they say the surrogate they hired to carry Carmen has broken her contract and is now demanding the baby be returned to her. And according to the new law, the baby belongs to her, not to Manuel and Bud. We need two things to leave. One thing would be the passport. The second would be paperwork to get through immigration, because even if we have a passport, it doesn't have an entry stamp into the country, which means the passport was made here because she was born here, and that requires special paperwork to let a baby leave a country. They were close to getting it. The surrogate signed the consent form that allowed Bud to take her from the hospital and put Bud's name on the birth certificate. But then she got cold feet and failed to show up at the last meeting at the embassy to sign that last bit of paper. So even though Bud is Carmen's biological father, and even though her birth certificate says he's the father, and even though the U.S. Embassy in Bangkok has issued a consular report of birth abroad, the embassy says it can do no more. So the family is stuck in limbo, six months now and counting. We're stranded here in Thailand. We're having problems, you know, with our jobs and, and financially, and we've done nothing wrong here. You know, we did everything by the book. We had an agreement. We commissioned a, a surrogacy, and she agreed to be a surrogate. She received the monthly payments. She's the bad person here. She's the one that changed her mind. And because the surrogate has changed her mind, Bud and Manuel are now taking precautions to make sure Carmen isn't taken from them. Yeah, it was the lawyer idea that we have to move constantly because if she knows where we live, 
she can go at, what, at one point to the police and ask for the baby, and she has all the rights right now, so she can take the baby. So it's better if we move. Some background now. When Carmen was conceived almost a year and a half ago with bud sperm and the egg of a donor, commercial surrogacy was booming in Thailand, where regulation of the industry was lax, if non-existent. With couples, gay and straight, coming from all over the world to have babies here at a fraction of the cost and hassle than in the handful of other countries, like the U.S., where commercial surrogacy is legal. Then came the case of baby Gammy. An Australian couple, a straight couple, commissioned twins from a Thai surrogate but balked when this one, Gammy, turned out to have Down syndrome. They took Gammy's healthy twin sister home but left Gammy behind with a surrogate mom who was happy to keep him. The Thai media hit the story hard and people started poking around the dark corners of the business. It wasn't long before they found an even more sensational story about a 26-year-old Japanese Johnny Appleseed who had at least 16 babies born to different Thai surrogates. Mariam Kukunashvili runs Global Life IVF clinics and surrogacy centers in more than six countries. Her company was involved in two of the surrogacies with the Japanese man, and she says she wishes it hadn't been. It's very hard to say what was his intention. When our representative asked him, he told that he wanted babies to win elections. I assume this was a joke. And then uh, when we asked him again, he told that it's the best thing in the world to make as many babies as possible and to leave a lot of babies after your death. When the man told the agency he wanted 15 to 20 babies a year, they pulled the plug. But the damage was done. Baby Gammy and the Japanese Johnny Appleseed were the tipping point for Thai authorities, embarrassed that their country was being used, as one put it, as the womb of Asia. So the new military government decided to ban commercial surrogacy and fast-tracked a law to do so through the military-appointed interim legislature. The law was approved in early 2015, no more commercial surrogacy and no more surrogacy for foreigners, period. But there was, in theory, a grace period for those who already had babies on the way. And that's worked for most, but not for Bud and Manuel. We had very bad luck. Because all the friends we have that they did surrogacy at the same time, all the surrogates are collaborating and are very nice. And I don't know why we have this bad luck with ours. To get an answer to that question, I arranged a meeting with the surrogate, Patita Kusong Sang, at a hotel in downtown Bangkok. She's taken her story to the Thai media with help, guidance, from a self-appointed guardian angel who's a legal advisor to the Thai Senate. Patita seems a little shy and nervous as she explains why she had a change of heart. First of all, they are not natural parents in Thai society. They are same-sex, not like male and female, that can take care of baby. Second thing is, when I tried to contact them to visit the baby, they didn't want to talk to me. And the third thing is, I was begging them to see the baby, but they didn't allow me to see her. They treat me very badly. In the beginning, Patita says her problem was with the agency, which she says made her sign a contract written only in English. Mariam Kukanashvili from Global IVF, whose firm handled this case, says that's ridiculous, that all the contracts were written in both English and Thai. 
Petita also says her problem is with Bud, who she accuses of being a liar, maybe even a trafficker. And, of course, Bud and Manuel are gay. But she seems to take her cues from her advisor, who often interrupts and interjects as Petita talks. And after one such exchange, Petita said, I worry if the baby go with these parents, what will happen to her? On the news, it says people sell baby parts or take stem cells to sell in the market. So, I'm afraid many things could happen. But then she talks about what it felt like being pregnant. There's no coaching from the advisor, and Petita's voice begins to crack as she struggles not to cry. The relationship between the mother and the baby I'm carrying for nine months, even if it wasn't my egg or sperm, was very special for me. We ate the same thing, drank the same thing, breathed the same air. And that relationship made me very, very happy. The advisor, Varutaya Manina Chanert, says the commercial surrogacy business was wrong from the get-go. She calls it human trafficking and calls Petita a victim even though she willingly entered into a contract and got paid well by local standards. Surrogates got about $15,000 for carrying babies to term. I tell Varutaya it seems as if everyone is a victim in this story. The commissioning parents, the surrogate mother Petita, and the baby too. She's having none of it. I don't feel sad for them. Petita is the only victim here because they don't allow her to see the baby. They see the baby as a product that comes from the supermarket. They are only sad because their, because their product has been damaged. And now they are trying to intimidate her, tell her she will end up in the prison if she doesn't honor her contract. Bud and Manuel deny all of this, and they're getting ready to fight for Carmen the only place they can, in a Thai court. They hope to show that they're better parents to Carmen than Patita would be, and more financially and emotionally stable. One example they offer, Patita's Facebook page, where she's posted photos of herself cradling a pistol. Bud says he's also been encouraged by the meetings he's had with Thai social services, who seem sympathetic. Still, Bud says all the lawyers they've talked to say their chances of winning in a Thai court are less than 10%. And the reason why they gave us such a low percentage is because, despite the fact that there are temporary provisions in the new law that say commissioning intended parents can ask for their parental rights to be recognized in court, Unfortunately, it's worded as husband and wife. And Bud and Manuel, well, they're not husband and wife. Bud thinks the law was written to deliberately exclude gay couples. And he seems to be onto something there. Dr. Arkham Pradit Suwan is with the Thai Medical Council in the Ministry of Public Health. Thai law does not endorse same-sex care. And Thai law's religious couple is a husband and wife, men and women. Thai law doesn't recognize a same-sex couple, he says, only husband and wife. But Manuel explains, legally, he and Bud are a married couple. We are married in the States, we are married in Spain and in Europe and in almost every country in Europe. And I respect the law here, but they have to respect that we had a, a baby through surrogacy when we thought it was legal here. So... I respect the law, but 
they have to understand that everything changed when all these things about surrogacy and about the Japanese men and about Grammy, but we don't have anything to do with that. And the thing that gets lost here, because of the baby Gammy case and that of the Japanese Johnny Appleseed too, is that commercial surrogacy in Thailand worked for many people, for couples who wanted but couldn't have babies, and for surrogates who needed the money. Commercial surrogacy didn't need to be banned, advocates will tell you. It just needed to be better regulated. I meet James Carrington and his husband Daniel in their hotel in Bangkok, along with their year-old twins, Hannah and Eli. They've come here from Australia a year after the baby's birth just to show the babies to their surrogate mother. Both myself and Danny made a number of um, commitments to her during the pregnancy that we wouldn't just take the children and leave and that they wouldn't grow up not knowing who she was. And they kept their promises, making a point of staying in touch over the last year. And it was great to be able to go home immediately and start sharing videos and and other personal things. And I guess one of the most moving for me was on the children's first birthday in Australia, she actually sang in English for them, Happy Birthday. To you, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. to Saranon sent her birthday gram via smartphone, unaware she'd be seeing the twins in person just a few days later here in Thailand. For her part, Taksaporn says she was happy to be a surrogate and would do it again. <laughs> I feel good about it. I was helping someone. And if they try to stop the business, if it just go underground, it will be just like getting an illegal abortion. And that will make it more dangerous. The point? Surrogacy works for a lot of people here on both sides of the issue, straight and gay. People who otherwise wouldn't have been able to have children, or at least would have had to gone somewhere else, somewhere more expensive to try. Better regulation, any regulation here, might have helped prevent both the baby gammy case and that of the Japanese Johnny Appleseed. But instead of regulation, there's now prohibition. And where does that leave Bud, Manuel, Alvaro, and Carmen? Waiting. And Bud says officials at the U.S. Embassy have told him their hands are pretty much tied. They've advised us that we need to follow judicial channels. They've given us advice. They've been, they've lended an ear to listen but from from what they say to us there's not much that they can do that we need to follow up the the legal channels that that's really our only option an official at the state department confirmed this to me in an email u.s citizens in thailand the email said are subject to thailand law pursuant to u.s law the department cannot issue passports to minor children without the consent of the legal parents or guardians Mariam Kukanashvili, whose company handled this surrogacy, says she tried repeatedly to help Bud and Manuel reach some sort of agreement with Patita. But she says the couple wouldn't listen, so now she's given up. Bud and Manuel says she wasn't much help at all. And the surrogate Patita and her advisor have now made it official. They've gone to the police 
and formally accused Bud of child abduction. Bud recently went to hear the charges but left Carmen at home just in case. And Bud and Manuel say they'll do everything they can to keep her. There's no way, Manuel says, they're going home without Carmen. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, because he's her daughter. He's her daughter by heart and genet- 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 genetically. <laughs> so if we have to move here and leave our families and our works, we will do. But we are not going to, to leave Carmen because it's not her daughter. It's our daughter. Bud and Manuel thought they'd be bringing their daughter home six months ago, shortly after she was born in January. Back then, they were excited at the thought of Carmen meeting the family, especially Manuel's ailing grandmother, Carmen's namesake. She passed away a few weeks ago. For Life of the Law, I'm Michael Sullivan. And I'm Nancy Mullane. This episode of Life of the Law was reported by Michael Sullivan and edited by Jim Gates. Ashley Cleek is our managing editor. Jonathan Hirsch designed the sound and produced the story with assistance from our senior producer, Caitlin Prest. Howard Gelman of KQED is our engineer. Life of the Law is a nonprofit project of the Tide Center, and we're part of the Infinite Guest Network of Podcasts from American Public Media. You can also find Life of the Law on PRX, Public Radio Exchange, and on our website, lifeofthelaw.org. We're supported by the Open Society Foundations, the National Science Foundation, the Law and Society Association, the Proteus Fund, and our listeners. If you haven't made a tax-deductible donation to Life of the Law yet, there's a donate button at the top of our website, www.lifeofthelaw.org. Every dollar you give to Life of the Law will pay for the production costs of our upcoming episodes, stories about juries, lawyers, and the law on your block. It's easy. Just takes a minute, and we thank you. Next week on our sister podcast, Live Law. She uh, knocked on my door the next day really loudly and was like, Joanna, Joanna, did you have people over last night? And my best friend that I grew up with says, Why? (laughs) And so I said, No. That's next week on Live Law. I'm Nancy Mullane. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair. And we are the Mashup Americans. The Mashup Americans. <laughs> uh, think of us as your guide to the hyphen America world we live in. Are you first generation Korean American, married to a Colombian Mexican American, and making beige babies? Us too. Or do you speak three languages and eat Salvadoran pupusas at Shabbat? Is Spanglish your best language? That's me. <laughs> uh, Spanglish is definitely your best language. Yeah, it was kind of a problem in graduate school. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. We're, we're done with that. So we've got a new show here on the awesome Infinite Guest Network. You can go search for Mashup Americans in your favorite podcast app and check it out. We've got a great story about the mashup life of Donald Trump. Oh, and I just went to Margaret Cho's house to Netflix and chill. Kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. Vamos. Let's do this. As we... 